0: Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader.
1: Talking with lots of people with Parkinson's, even these days, saying, you know, even 1% improvement in my life, it's a miracle for me. that really moved my heart and our team's heart so we always talk about just one more smile one more steps is like absolute success for us
0: welcome to the human ceo i'm your host amy stevenson and today i'm joined by lucy young lucy's the ceo and founder of sharko neurotech sharko is named after professor sharko who in the 19th century was the first to notice the therapeutic effects of vibratory stimulation on parkinson's patients Lucy's team combined the skills of neuroscientists, design engineers and medical professionals and together they're developing the Q1 device to help aid movements for those with Parkinson's to help improve their quality of life. Lucy joins us today to share her insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today Lucy, it's brilliant to have you with us. No thank you so much for having me here today. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about the organisation because I think what you're doing and what you're hoping to achieve and how you're going to help people, I think is fantastic.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation as
0: well. Good. Excellent. So can you tell us a little bit about Sharko and what you stand for and what you're hoping to achieve? Of course. I think that's one of the biggest questions that we
1: get is like, why are you guys named Sharko? So it actually comes from um, a professor named um, Sharkot, who gave us extra. He's a father of neurologists. And the story is that um, he is a neurologist from back in the 19th century. And um, he realized that people who come to him, so people with Parkinson's who come to him on a carriage ride, had their improvement in their symptoms than him visiting them. Wow. What he realized is that because they were coming on a carriage ride on a bumpy Mm -hmm. road, it was giving that gentle vibration and that was improving their symptoms. But he was actually using it as one of the treatments. So then, um, since then there are lots of studies around whole body stimulation in Parkinson's or focused stimulation in Parkinson's helping with the symptoms. And it actually has been much more active these days with the technology developing to actually make it into, you know, like um, a device that can come into individuals' uh, daily life. So there are lots of studies and it's actually focused stimulation that has been showing more benefit than like the whole body stimulation. Okay. So we are developing a Q1 device that is a wearable medical device um, Mm -hmm. that is Understand them to give yep. this focused fibrotactile stimulation, but also combined with the curing phenomena, which is another known uh, kind of way to improve symptoms for Parkinson's. Um, so they're walking fine, and mm-hmm. um, often they get freeze of gait where um, they can't there, take their next step. Uh-huh. If you give them a curing like a metronome kind of uh, either auditory, or visual, or tactile stimulation, they can unlock themselves to carry on their, with their walking. So we are combining these two um, phenomena into one device so we can actually, uh, uh, you know, improve quality of life for people with Parkinson's by uh, making their symptom uh, relief. So that's kind of
0: uh, where our name comes from. Yeah, fantastic. And um, where is the business now? So uh, what stage of your life cycle are you at? Yes, uh, very, very
1: exciting times and very, very important times. But I've been saying this every time. So it's been <laughs> two years since I've been saying it's a very important time for us. Um, but uh, it's quite a um, very important times. We are preparing for the launch. But before we launch the device, we've been carrying out so many research and development process. Right now, our beta device testing is with people with Parkinson's currently mm-hmm. in their daily life. And... Um, we were obviously very nervous because we were doing lots of um, uh, testings with people when we visited them. So we were looking into immediate improvement, but Mm -hmm. these days the devices are out there. Um, There are some people who've been using it for over a month, actually Mm -hmm. changing, you know, their daily routine. And we're getting emails and WhatsApp messages all the time saying, you know, like they're going for running. They're so happy. And, um, obviously, there's still like uh, improvement that we can make, um, mm-hmm. but we um, were very exciting, uh, very excited to see, uh, you know, it actually being there with people. So we are going to slowly increase this beta wave, i sorry, beta device testers, mm-hmm. so that we can increase. It's like a soft launch until yep. we actually officially launch in year uh,
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. changing lives then. Absolutely changing lives. Sorry,
1: it's just quite um, unexpectedly, it's not just for people with Parkinson's, but Mm -hmm. their um, family members as well because they're telling us, you know, it's incredible to see my spouse getting better and it's reducing my anxiety. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, like it's, um, we'll still like um, obviously take feedbacks and improve it. But so far it's been great. Brilliant. Brilliant.
0: And so as the leader of that organization, what kind of challenges are you up against at the minute? What kind of
1: challenges? Like um, as a startup founder, uh, especially in MedTech hardware, (laughs) uh, we face new challenges every day. But I have to say one of the biggest challenge, um, especially because of the hardware, Mm. um, current remote working was definitely one of the challenges because uh-huh. if you're working with a hardware and you kind of have to constantly get feedback from people you know we were limited to visiting them or actually physically um working with the team members to see yeah. if this shape was working or if that especially was working so we had a lot of challenges around the logistic for example we were sending the samples to one of our team members bring it back mm-hmm. giving feedback but um I think um, for us, we always kind of look into what's currently happening in the world and then we don't kind of, you know, it's not, uh, I don't know, I think it was like um, Korean way, I'm from South Korea, so (laughs) way where you don't cry over spilt milk, you just, you know, clean it up, like identify what's going on solve it. So we didn't, we actually uh, noticed that this COVID was coming quite early on. One of our medical team um, was really said, okay, this guys, we have to prepare for this. So mm-hmm. we quickly pivoted and really learned ourselves to working remotely and everything, but definitely it was one of the challenges. Um, another challenge, if I may, mm-hmm. is um, our team grew from all people to during this pandemic, to um, about um, like 18 people. Wow. So that was a challenge because keeping them engaged while we are working remotely where we can't have all of them in one side um, is definitely a challenge, but it's something that I focus quite a lot to make sure that they feel like they are engaged. Mm -hmm. I always feel like there is more improvement I can do, making sure everyone I'm keeping in touch with them, asking how they're doing and then asking members if they are okay. But um, now these days we're actually thinking of so where are we now uh, set, going to set up our office now that, you know, the world is opening up again?
0: Yeah, fantastic. So you've, you've quadrupled in size, which is a big task anyway. But then through the pandemic, that is that is some going. So good, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> and so can you talk to me about your journey into leadership then? Was it always the plan for you to be a CEO? Or did you find a, a product and a purpose that you were passionate about and therefore it
1: happened? Or... It's absolutely the later in one because um I did not ever imagine myself becoming a CEO. I actually said when I was little I do want to become a president, but <laughs> <laughs> but um I never actually thought about becoming a CEO. And I think the main reason why I never thought about becoming a CEO is because I'm not too much of um like a commercial person in the sense okay. that Uh, like making lots of money does not motivate, Mm -hmm. motivate me. What motivates is, um, the motivation comes from impact in people's life, especially yeah. with people who have long-term conditions. So mm-hmm. when I was um, doing master's at Imperial College and Royal College, for, my main kind of topic and interest was improving quality of life for people with long-term conditions using design and technology. So that yeah. was my main p- focus. And I did several projects around multiple sclerosis, stroke and paralysis, but it is actually... And Parkinson's that kind of my heart uh, yeah. stayed. And the biggest reason is because I saw the benefit of using this such a relatively simple technology, if I may say, mm-hmm. um, but very difficult a science behind it um, to improve individual's life now. And yeah. that's what I wanted to do because Um, I, I remember like talking with lots of people with Parkinson's, even these days saying, you know, even 1% um, improvement in my life, it's Mm -hmm. a miracle for me. And Mm -hmm. that really moved my heart and our team's heart to really, you know, use all of our skills to, uh, just, we always talk about just one more smile, one more,
0: one more steps is like absolute success for us. I love that. And who doesn't want to get behind something like that? I mean, in terms of your leadership style, it sounds as though you're very purpose-driven, understandably. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. And so in terms of a a, a great leader, how do you you think there are characteristics that are common amongst leaders or how would you define a great leader? So um, I
1: think um, the great leader should know what Uh, of your team members want and what Mm -hmm. their interest is and what kind of skills do they want to build on. So one of the main thing, and I I think people who come to interview with Sharko gets quite surprised of like what kind of questions that we ask because usually what we ask is what can Sharko do for you? What kind of skills do you want to build by working at Sharko? Why do you want Mm. to work at Sharko? And we focus on them. And the reason for that is because like um, vision is the first thing that we want to meet with people who is like looking into the one direction. And I think because of the whole team members are like looking into this one direction of improving quality of life for people with Parkinson's, Mm -hmm. um, we are also, we are very multidisciplined, but because of this one direction, like there is not much of a conflict. We have a lot of discussion, but mm-hmm. there is not a conflict because at the end we always say, okay, let's go ask people if Marcus is what they want. Because it's that yeah. yeah. So I believe um that is the most important thing for the leader to know what do they want to work on, what skill uh to do they want to improve because then you don't have to force them. Like I do not <laughs> force our team members saying like, did you finish this? Did you like do this? You have to do this because they're so proactive because mm-hmm. they are doing what they want they want to do and what they are good at and what they want to improve. So um, like there are team members who joined us as like a, a neuroscientist who's also managing all this operation side of the things and the research And like marketing, because like he's good in diverse things. So we, like no one comes in charcoal and they say, I'm going to work on one thing. And then that is it. Like they kind of find, oh, can I work on this area as well? Mm. And I think that's the beauty of the startup where you kind of come in, look into what kind of things are out there. And then they kind of choose where they want to work at.
0: Um,
1: And then I always say the most boring stuff,
0: I will do it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that sort of from the mindset of I wouldn't ask other people to do things I wouldn't do?
1: Exactly. So I always like it's actually the same with uh, our co-founder. We always uh, like we always say, oh, I don't want to ask people to do this because I feel like this is the most boring part. So we Mm -hmm. will do this part. So I think that's actually founder's job, like doing the most boring and, you know, uh, dreadful things um, (laughs) so that the team members can do the exciting things.
0: Yeah, stick to what they're good at. I think. Yeah, and and so does that style. Is that style born out of a piece of advice that you've been given, or was there an experience they had that shaped that style? Um, I think the
1: the way the reason why Sharko kind of built this way is because um like I found that you can see it from them. Like you, you kind of like, although we are kind of working through the Zoom, you can see when they're very excited yeah. when they're working on something that they like. And you can quickly know that if they don't want to work on this, the performance kind of reduce. Yeah. And then like, instead of, you know, complaining to them, um, then you can divert it to give it, give that particular job to someone else who would enjoy it. So I Mm -hmm. think it was more built on, it was like a learning curve for me to see, okay, um, if they're working on something that they like, I don't have to pressure them because they're just excited to work on it.
0: Yeah, it's getting the engagement, I guess, is the first first challenge. Absolutely. And, And so if someone was looking to follow in your footsteps, so either they were particularly passionate enough to start their own enterprise and become a founder and therefore CEO, or if they were just about to take a step up into a leadership role, where they were driving a team, leading a team, what advice would you offer them?
1: I think finding your style is such an important thing. So Mm. there are definitely founders who find it more comforting to be the boss of the company. And there's definitely people who actually like that structure where boss tells them what to do and they Mm. deliver what they are assigned to. Um, for, so I do not think uh, what is good and what is bad at all. It's just different style of the um, uh, the leadership. And you have to just find what is right for you. For me, I would rather be like friends with our team members and kind of like lots of like playful environments. So for Sharko, I, I actually really loved that we were um, interviewing one of the candidates to join Sharko, and they asked us um, and I was with one of our team members say, what is the benefit of working at Sharko? Mm-hmm. And uh, our team member was just talking about, it doesn't feel like um, I'm at work, it feels like I'm doing a university project because it's just (laughs) so fun like Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't feel pressured but we're you know we're having lots of fun and we're making people happy and it's just so worth it so for us Floyd and myself um, it works beautifully I like they always make joke uh, when they want to say like oh Lucy is the boss and they're kind of making a joke because I kind of go like oh what are you talking about (laughs) but um, I that style works for me so I Mm -hmm. think whoever wants to who are kind of um, getting into the leadership, they, I think that y- you will kind of find what you're comfortable with mm-hmm. and sticking with that style I think is more appropriate than trying to find, okay, um, this leadership seems like the right thing and then yeah. trying to kind of, you know, sculpture yourself around it. I think finding your style is the most important thing.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. It's really good advice. And, and so is there a leader that you particularly admire? and and if so why
1: so um I wouldn't say like um like I know him very well but mm-hmm. I remember what he says so it's Richard Francis the one book that like I read I don't know him know him very well mm-hmm. but I actually wanted to go and say thank you to him because he's um one word and it was a book called I, I can't remember exact word but it was say like just do it yes yeah And it's that one like sentence kind of changed the way that I do everything, actually. Mm -hmm. It kind of if you read that book, you will kind of see how fearless he is. Like instead of kind of trying to like look into and study everything and evaluate everything, it's like go and just do it and see how it goes. I think that's like the way that we've been uh, encouraged to actually doing a startup because I don't come from business background. Floyd Perez, who's the co-founder, does not come from business background, but um, because our vision is so clear. Mm-hmm we just started doing it. Like we just went yeah. started like learning things and like basically like problem comes and then we say, okay, we'll just solve it. And that kind of mindset kind of transfers to all of our teams. So we yes. always say, okay, there's a problem. Let's just go and solve it. So yeah. I think, yeah, I definitely want to thank him for writing that book.
0: Yeah, was it the, was it screw it, let's do it?
1: Yes, that is. But I kind of like made up my own way of just to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that is the specific one.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed that one as well. In fact, I probably need to reread that, if anything. Yeah, and, I, I really like it. It, yeah, it's brilliant. And so, in terms of what's happening over the next six or twelve months at Sharko, what's what's next for for you guys?
1: Yes. So um, again, it's a very important time because mm-hmm. we are preparing. For the launch. So right now we are actually um, preparing to bring more team members in and it's mm-hmm. going to be key because, you know, while we are quite small team, we can be quite close to each other. Yeah. But as more team members come in, it's going to be more difficult to keep mm-hmm. this culture. But I'm very, very keen to keep this culture where people are very flexible, talking with yeah. everyone. So um, launching preparation and building the team and making sure that the culture is kept. And, um, yeah. and that's going to be our, biggest um, um, kind of homework
0: next <laughs> step, I'll say. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. And so how can people find out about Sharko? Where can they find you if people are interested in the, in the technology? Where can of they course. find more information? Yeah,
1: so they can come to our website. It's mm-hmm. www.sharkoneurotech.com. And mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, it's charcoal LTD, Facebook charcoal LTD. And um, yeah, like, we, we are, like if you search Parkinson's and charcoal, they'll probably find us. But yeah, we're opening up lots of vacancies and we are currently raising as well. So if people are interested, please do find us. Fantastic.
0: Fantastic, brilliant, Lucy. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. I think it's it's brilliant what you're hoping to achieve and the technology and how you're going to change people's lives. I think it's fantastic. So wow. thank, thank you, you so much for taking much. time and sharing that with us.
1: Not at all. Thank you so much for having me today.